two of the heavy hitters coming at you from the Frank and Helens Pizzeria Studios. Right here in the all-new 590 The Fan, 105.7 HD2 FM and InsideSTL.com. Matt Berger and Clay Byersdorfer from RedbirdDaily.com behind the microphones. John Giamatti Rudolph behind the dials, making sure that we stay on the air. Joining us right now on the Belmont Automotive phone line is our good friend Howard Balzer from BalzerFootball.com, and you can hear him every weekend on the Hall of Fame show on the NFL channel on SiriusXM, and of course, follow him on Twitter at HBalzer721. H, how are you this evening, sir? Matt, I'm doing great, and hard to believe already. It seems like just yesterday the season ended, and here we are just a couple of weeks away from the draft, so it sure flies by. It certainly does, and I'm looking at this article that uh, Mike Florio is writing on ProFootballTalk.com, and it looks like the Seattle Seahawks are hell-bent and determined to trade uh, Pro Bowl and All-Pro cornerback Richard Sherman. Do you have any idea why the Seahawks are making this move or wanting to make this move? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And, you know, reading all this different stuff on, like you mentioned, Pro Football Talk and other places, it's, you know, it's tough to get a handle on it sure, it sure makes it seem as if the, the Seahawks have really made it a goal uh, to try to move him. And whether it's for a lot of the stuff that happened last year, there were several incidents, and he didn't play as well as he had in the past. Obviously, he's making big money. And that, that's one of the interesting things, Matt, is that in very little that I have seen written about this, they all talk about, well, what the Seahawks want for compensation, wanting a first-round pick, and maybe wanting more and all this. But very rarely is it brought up about his contract and what a, what a team getting him will have to take on. And so I have to think that that's, you know, that's certainly a part of the whole equation of, of who, who would want him and, you know, and all those things. And obviously he brings a certain personality to a team, but you know, he also brings some other stuff also that kind of stepped up last year and, called out a media member and called out a coaching staff. And say he was going to ruin yeah. that media member's career and yeah. strip him of, mean, his, it, of his credentials. And it's big. You know, it, was, it, it was just bizarre. And so, it, it, you know, it's, it's tough to really see whether they really want to get rid of him that badly, they're, you know, how much they're trying to push it to get as much as they can, obviously. Then there's been stories that it wasn't the Seahawks, it's really Richard Sherman who was – you know, was put, was 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 pushing behind the scenes for the Seahawks to to maybe move on uh, to go somewhere else. So this is really this is really an interesting one uh, to read. And you know, the other part of it is that I don't know that there's a team that would give up a first round pick in this year's draft. You know, when you've gotten this far with all of your evaluations and all that, and you're starting to hone in on guys that you're going to look at. Now, all of a sudden, then give up your first-round pick. Now, it depends who it is and where that pick is, but to give up that first-round pick for this year some might not be something that you know a lot of teams want to do. Now, if the draft passes, then all of a sudden you're saying, oh, okay, oh yeah, we'll give up a pick next year because obviously that, that, that has the feeling of being so far away and it's not going to affect you in this year's draft. So I'm going to be very curious in these next two weeks to see if indeed something really happens on that. I mean, I'm look. He's only 29 years old. I mean, it's well, not, not like, young. It, it's <laughs> not. It, it's not. I think what's going on with Richard Sherman in Seattle, like you said, the contract, his age, and I think he's wearing out his welcome too. Yeah, and 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 again, 
you know, like I, it, isn't it funny how guy gets to be twenty nine and we start saying, "Boy, he's getting up there." In years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would, wouldn't we all love to be twenty nine again? Yeah, I, and, I, t- uh, I turned forty back in January. I'd kill to be twenty nine. Yeah, there we go. I'd, I'd kill to be forty, man. <laughs> so, you know, so but no, I mean, there, so there's probably there's probably not that many. Now, granted, there's guys who uh, you are able to last, but. It's it's tough, you know. Once you get into those, you know, around thirty in the early thirties. I mean, look look at how far you know Darrell Rivas fell relatively quickly. Now I know he had some knee injuries and all that, and that obviously contributed. But suddenly he wasn't anywhere close to being the player last year that he had been, you know, previously. So I'm sure a little bit is what the Seahawks are looking at in that and saying, okay, we got a guy who's probably he's certainly not ascending anymore, and so you start to wonder. How long can he just keep from descending and at least keep playing at the same level? And so, you know, that's, that's, I'm sure, all part of what they're assessing as they decide what to do and what other teams are looking at in terms of, you know, do we want to bring in a 29-year-old cornerback or are we just going to, you know, look at the draft? And while it's a, a crapshoot, obviously, in the draft, you still are getting, you know, younger guys that you're going to get into it in a decent deal for four or five years. Howard, uh, moving on to another, you know, kind of vibrant personality, uh, the Marshawn Lynch unretirement tour. Uh, let's talk about it. Uh, it, it seems to be just an everyday thing. Uh, first, you know, he's going back to the Raiders. Now it seems like he's interested in the Patriots. Um, now I'm hearing he's smacking cell phones out of teenagers hands on TMZ. Uh, what's going on with this? I mean, the guy, he, does he want to play football again? Does he not want to play football again? Does he want to just be in the media? Uh, what's your take on this? Really good question, because I, I don't know that any of us can get inside Marshawn's Lynch head. No, It, it seems Lynch's like he head. can't get inside his own <laughs> head. Well, well, yeah. And, and let's remember, when this all began, it was like, well, it's either, it, it would only be the Raiders. You know, that, that would be the only team that he's interested in playing for, which made sense because he's from the Oakland area and his mom is there and, you know, and all that. Then, you know, we don't know. Is New England just a ruse and to try to get Oakland step up in the offer? We don't, we, you know, we don't know behind the scenes what's being offered or what's being talked about. And I'm sure that, you know, the Raiders are looking at it and saying, hey, we don't know what we're getting. You know, the guy's been out of the game for a year. He was injured his last season in 2015 when he played. And so... How, what are you going to really give up in terms of a draft pick if you have to give one to Seattle uh, to get him, you know, off their reserve list? And how much do you want to pay him? And you wonder, you know, what, what again? What are we really getting? And wh- how how well can he still play? And so there, there's a little bit of a risk there. And I'm sure, in the Raiders' standpoint, you know, they've made a lot of good moves over these last few seasons, and I don't know that they want to jeopardize it just to. Uh, get get a guy that you don't know what you're going to get. And I, I think that there was this whole notion in the last couple of weeks that, oh, this would be a great move for the Raiders. This is going to make all the Raiders fans happy that we're upset with the Raiders gonna, going to be moving. Well, getting Marshawn Lynch is going to help their feeling. I mean, really? Yeah. Really? Well, you're, you're upset with a team that's going to leave, and you're being asked to shell out all this money, and so you're going to get o- overly excited about getting a running back that 
again, you're not even sure what he can do anymore. Well, there's a there's I, a I lot. Of, I never I never really bought that narrative. There's a lot of cynical Oakland Raiders fans that think that mm-hmm. Mark Davis is making this move because Marshawn Lynch is from the Oakland area that they're just using him to sell tickets. That Mark well, Davis is worried that the ticket sales in Oakland are going to be bad, and that if they get Marshawn Lynch, that the fans may come out to see him. Well, you know what? Maybe at one point that was believable, but I think if that was the case, this would have been done already. Yeah. It would you know, have been done would, they, already, and, and and now it's trending almost in the other direction. I that's mean, true. It, yeah, it, it's yeah. It, now, it's, you know, and obviously it can turn very quickly, and and who knows if it is true that Mark Davis wants it that badly, you know. May, but I'm I'm sure Reggie McKenzie, the general manager, is looking at it and saying, "Hey, go slow here." You know, remember there's a guy who used to work for Ted Thompson in Green Bay. You know, let's not go crazy here and and think that this is going to be more. More than it re- more than it really is, and I'm sure he, that's what he's saying. And you know, Mark Davis has you know has gotten in the position that this team is in because of of a lot of the decisions that Reggie Reggie McKenzie made. And so, you know, that's that's why again I don't think that it has been done. Now, who knows? Tomorrow it could turn around the other way, and all of a sudden they make a deal. But I, I just can't believe it's going to be for for the money that Marshawn Lynch perhaps was hoping. That he was going to be able to get out of this, and you know, and a lot of the money could be built. In, I would think would be built into incentives. You know, if you come in and you play at the level that you're that that you had in the past, well, you know, then we'll pay you bonuses per game. You know, you get bonuses for yards and all that stuff. And I'm sure that's the way the Raiders want to structure a deal, and that's the only way that a deal like this really makes sense. Howard Balls are joining us right now on the Belmont Auto phone line. You can follow him on Twitter at hballser721 and read him at ballserfootball.com. Uh, Howard, speaking of Marshawn Lynch and speaking of the Raiders and speaking of Las Vegas, it sounds like there was an arm wrestling competition or an arm wrestling <laughs> tournament featuring uh, NFL players that took place at a casino in Las Vegas, which is a big no-no for active players. And it was even going to be aired on CBS, which is a uh, NFL broadcast partner. Is this going to be a, a sign of trouble to come with the franchise in uh, in Sin City? Were you in on that, Balzer? Yeah. <laughs> Howard, Howard well, how much money did you have down? <laughs> no, I, 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 was, I don't bet on football, much less arm wrestling. So, you know, here's the thing. Every player knows the rules. And, in fact, Roger Goodell um, reiterated those rules at the league meeting a couple weeks ago when all the talk was about Vegas and casinos and all that, and he said, our rules will remain. And that players, uh, they can be living in Las Vegas, obviously, but uh, they can't you know, participate. Probably a lot of the casinos are going to be a little disappointed. They're not going to be able to have whatever they, you know, player parties or, you know, radio shows or, or any of that stuff, they won't be able to have them in casinos, it appears, unless there's some kind of way that you can somewhat get around it. And But every player knows the rules. And so this shouldn't have, I wouldn't think this would have an effect because Goodell said they're not going to change the rules just because there's a team there. And so, every, like I said, every one of the players knows the rules and how they would just do this, and maybe they didn't care if they were going to be fine. But I'll tell you something. When you do something as blatant as that, you know, that, who, who knows what the commissioner might decide to do just to make a point that you can't do this stuff. He all of a sudden might, might make this fine a bit larger than a lot of people believe it will be just to open players' eyes and make them realize. So I'm going to be very curious what, what that fine, uh, what those fines will end up being. And Roger Goodell is a very punitive 
uh, NFL commissioner. He's handing out suspensions and fines uh, left and right ever since he he took uh, took over as commissioner back in 2006. He was just hammering everybody. He's salivating right now. Yeah, he kind <laughs> of is. Uh, Howard, uh, I'm talking about Matt Ryan here, the the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. He was on uh, 680 The Fan a sports talk radio station in Atlanta talking about the game tape of the Super Bowl. He said, I watched it the day after, I watched it two days after, and then I watched it three days after. Howard, why does Matt Ryan like to torture himself? (laughs) I don't know why you would. I've heard so many stories about losing teams in the Super Bowl, coaches, players, whatever, who just decide never to watch the tape. I would be like that. Yeah, I, I probably would be also. Maybe you watch a few plays here or there because you're curious of what it was. But to sit down there and watch the tape, and, and obviously there's, you know, you can you can learn some things from it, and so nothing wrong with that. But why you would do it over and over, I'm, I'm not so sure why you would want to do that and keep, like you said, keep torturing yourself. So, you know, ho- hopefully he hopefully he got it out of his system <laughs> and he can now move forward. But boy, oh boy, and although maybe. Maybe he just wanted to see all the good stuff over it too, and just and see if it was real. Was it real? Were we really winning this game that big? <laughs> yeah, you know. And so maybe he just wanted to also see all the good stuff that happened until it all went south so quickly. Yeah, and that's the point that he breaks open the bottle of booze and just starts <laughs> drinking heavily. Especially because it wasn't on him as much as it was the defense. Just just let well, that point off. I mean, it was on him a little bit. It was mostly Kyle Shanahan for not understanding situational football and kept throwing also it true. instead of also running true. the football when you're up 25 points. But at a point, yeah, and let's remember, too, I mean, was it Devontae Freeman missed the block yep. that led to the one fumble on the one play. And then what's also often forgotten is that even after, when they got down the 22-yard line, lost the yard on, on, on second down, and then they had the sack, well, then they got a lot of the yards back on a nice pass and a nice play, which, which put them back into what would have been field goal range again, and there was a holding penalty. And so, I, I, no, I, I don't put that one on Matt Ryan. Some people are saying, oh, he should have audible. No, come on. You know, you've gotten as far as you have with Kyle Shanahan as the offensive coordinator, and I'm sure there's probably other times during the season that there might have been some, you know, overly aggressive things that were done, and you do it. And and I'm sure a lot of times it worked. And so that all of a sudden you're going to defy your offensive coordinator and do something else, I, I think that's a little silly for anybody to think that Matt Ryan should have done that. Howard Balls are joining us right now on the uh, Belmont Automotive phone line. You can follow him on Twitter at hballser721. Uh, H, uh, James Laurinaitis, former Rams middle linebacker, and he had a cup of coffee uh, with the New Orleans Saints this season before he got injured. He has decided to call it a career. Uh, I thought James Laurinaitis was a pretty good player for the Rams. I didn't think he was anything exceptional. Uh, a lot of people in St. Louis could not stand uh, James Laurinaitis, the football player, but he was he was a better person off the field. Tell us what it was like covering him for the time that he was in St. Louis. Hey, you know, it was, it was great covering him, and I know I always used to get into it a little bit with Charlie Tuna because he acted like he was the worst linebacker ever to take the field. And so I said, well, no, he's not. And but I I never over you know you know over evaluated him and said he's great. He wasn't. He wasn't great. I mean, he never made a Pro Bowl, and but he was a he was a very good player. He was a good leader. He knew that defense in and out. I remember when Aaron Donald was a rookie, he talked about many times where, where, where James Laurinaitis helped him out 
in terms of getting lined up correctly and making sure he was that he and the and the entire team was in the right defense. And so, very solid player, like you said, excellent in the community, excellent with the media, and you know, very good breaking down games and giving his thoughts on the team that they were playing and and all those things. And and near the end, injuries. You know, you mentioned the injury last year with the Saints. You know, the year before uh, with the Rams. He was, he was injured most of the season, or at least a good part of the last, at least half of the season. And, you know, never on the, I don't, I don't know if he was ever on the injury report. He hardly ever missed practice. He didn't miss games. He didn't miss plays, even when he played injured. He, he was, you know, I'll just say this about him. He was just a football player. That's, Not a great one, yeah. but he was a football player. And that, if you had, you know, it's the old cliche, if you had, you know, 53 of those guys or 22 of those guys lining up, uh, there were just football players to start every week. You're going to win some games in the NFL. Are Are you calling in a tuna show later tonight? Nah. Okay. I was going <laughs> to say, ask, ask Charlie Tuna where he's going tomorrow night. Charlie Tuna's not going to be in to do his show tomorrow night because he is off to see Neil Diamond tomorrow night. Oh, man, I'll have to look for him. I'm going also. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Are you two going together? No, we're, we're not going together. And... Of course, everybody knows who's seen me karaoke around town knows that uh, Sweet Caroline is always my opening song uh, when I do uh, karaoke. And the interesting thing is that, you know, it just works out this way sometimes. I'm actually in the section I'm in, I'm actually in row H. (laughs) (laughs) That's just perfect. And you know what? You get the Jewish Elvis in on Passover, you got to (laughs) go. There we go. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about the deals going on at Weber Chevrolet, Howard. Oh, always great ones, whether it's new cars, whether it's pre-owned. You're always going to get a good deal at Weber Chevrolet. And I'll tell you, with the volume that they, you know, turn over there, you can, sometimes, sometimes the pre-owned deals are some of the best ones because when someone comes in, buys a new car, they usually have something to trade in, and, and they give it a great, you know, going over in the, in the shop and put it on the lot, and you're usually going to get a pretty good, you know, pretty good deal on that. But always deals on selected new cars, whether it's dealer incentives, whether it's factory incentives from Detroit, whether it's on a Silverado, Malibu, a Cruze, you name it, you're going to get a vehicle that you like tremendously from Weber Chevrolet. So check them out at WeberChevrolet.com. Head to one of the three locations in the St. Louis area that's most convenient for you on the Missouri side, Olive and 270 in Creve Coeur, and of course in Columbia and Granite City in Illinois. That's Weber Chevrolet and WeberChevrolet.com. Howard, enjoy that concert tomorrow night. I hope you had a great Passover, and we will talk to you next week, sir. Sounds good, guys. Take care. Thanks, Howard. That is the great Howard Balzer from BalzerFootball.com and the Hall of Fame show on the NFL channel on SiriusXM. You can follow him on Twitter at HBalzer721. Let's take a commercial break. You're listening to the Heavy Hitters, and we are live from the Frank and Helen's Pizzeria Studios right here in the all-new 590 The Fan, 105.7 HD2 FM, and InsideSTL.com. And there's no-